Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. My name is Jeff Bogazic, and I am here today to talk to you about the focusing illusion. So the topic for today is going to be the focusing illusion. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting topic. I think it's something that you're going to um, kind of hopefully have the ability to look inside and see how this affects you and some of the ways that you think and perceive the world around you. And hopefully it'll help you to navigate life better and to make priority decisions and choices. And so uh, I'm excited about that. Before we get into that, I do want to say thank you for listening. Um, And I want to make known to you about one of our new resources. It's a short cheat sheet on how to have or how to start or how to begin a hard or difficult conversation. One of the most viewed web pages on my site is a article I wrote called A Nice Person's Guide to Becoming more assertive. Um, And so that has been um, regularly viewed, one of the top viewed sites on my page. And uh, apparently there are people that are like me out there that have a difficult time being assertive and being able to have those difficult conversations or start those difficult conversations. When it comes to conflict management, um, there's a lot of people that that have these default tendencies to either try to smooth conflict over and just kind of like, hey, you know, let's keep the peace, uh, or they try to avoid it altogether and they will not bring up some of the difficult topics or some of the challenges that they're dealing with, be it in relationships or at work or wherever. And so it's difficult sometimes for those people and I am one of those people, by the way, to have those challenging conversations. So I know that you can learn how to do it. I know that you can uh, get better at that. That's a skill that can be developed. And so I, we created this resource. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you to take a look at that article, A Nice Person's Guide to Becoming More Assertive. And we will link that as well as the resource, which is basically a free download for you. You just got to click on the thing and put in your email. We send it to you. How to start, how to begin a difficult conversation. And it's just really five easy steps. There's a guide to kind of help you figure out what to write down so you can write some notes on there and be able to bring those with you when you get started and when you have to make make a have a difficult conversation with somebody. So the, all of those resources are on our website. You can find them on the link for the show notes uh, for this podcast episode, which will be at mindforlife.org forward slash zero six three. So this is our 63rd podcast. And um, I want to thank you for tuning in. Got a lot of good feedback on our last podcast, which was coping with information glut. So I want to encourage you, if you didn't take it, take a chance to listen to that, uh, go back and listen to it. And again, if you've got any comments or questions or, or maybe you have a different perspective, which we're welcome to hear, to be able to share with us, uh, send us an email. Uh, that's Jeff, J-E-F-F, at mindforlife.org. And so uh, if you got questions on the topic or if you've got any comments or even if you've got a different perspective or different understanding of it, Uh, please go ahead and send us an email. 
All right. I want to talk today about the focusing illusion. The focusing illusion. Um, it's a it's a unique understanding or a unique perspective. I can't find the right word or just a unique insight into the way that human beings look at and see and value the importance of the things that take place in their lives or even uh, to this topic, the things that they look at and see and imagine will affect their own quality of life. So, you know, that this is something that we all have whenever we go shopping or whenever we see a commercial or whenever we imagine something or whenever we begin to self-reflect about the things that we find around us. And uh, we tend to misjudge the value that something will have and will have an effect upon the quality of our lives. And that is both sometimes to the positive and to the negative. And so what is the focusing illusion? The focusing illusion is the tendency that we have to misjudge the scale of impact that certain circumstances will have on our actual well-being. We tend to misjudge the, the scale of impact that certain circumstances will have on our actual well-being. So let me give you a couple of examples. When a loved one dies, we can sometimes have a tendency to misjudge what the scale of that impact will be when it comes to the quality of the rest of our lives. And I'm not talking about, in the focusing illusion, what the actual impact is. What I'm talking about is our misjudgment when we're in the midst of that circumstance or when we're thinking about whatever that circumstance may be, our misjudgment on what the actual effect of that circumstance, event may have on us. And that's the thing that we're really trying to deal with because uh, one of the challenges that we have in life is that we misjudge and we make errors in our judgments and perceptions about the things that will happen in our life. I'm going to encourage you, if you get the chance, to go back and listen to... um, episode 22 on the Mind for Life podcast, interviewed Dr. Lance Strait. Um, He's a professor uh, of communication at Fordham University, and he talks about a a great student of media ecology, which is a field that is very much of interest to me, and but also the field of general semantics. And In that podcast, um, Lance talks about this idea from the from from general semantics of IFD disease. IFD disease, and what IFD disease is is just kind of a common phenomena that occurs in human beings as a result of our tendency to misjudge. 
are the things that may or may not happen in our life. And so IFD stands for idealization, frustration, and demoralization. And here's how it works. We typically have a tendency to idealize what idealize things in life. So we might think that this decision is going to have you know this this fairy tale story uh result or we may tend to think that this job may have this story tale result the idealization we idealize it and we just think that if i would do this then everything's going to be great and of course we know that that misperception or that um idealization Um, or that tendency to misjudge the effect that that circumstance may have on us, it never works, right? That's just not reality. So idealization, when we idealize things in our life, it turns into frustration because the actual results don't meet up with our expectations. We idealize something, the results don't meet up to our expectations, or it doesn't turn out the way that we think it will, or that we think it should have, and then that results in frustration. We get frustrated. And if we continue to do that over and over, uh, and that continues to happen, eventually we get demoralized. Uh, So idealization, frustration, and demoralization. And If that continues over a long period of time, that demoralization can turn into depression, you know, or dejection or or things like that. And so this was kind of, I think, if you take a look at the philosophy of the Stoics, uh, this is kind of like, you know, some of the precepts that they gave for making choices about your life. In other words, it was like, don't set your expectations too high. Uh, Don't expect things to be, to turn out in an idealized fashion. So if you can kind of set your expectations more realistically, according to the Stoics, you can set your expectations even lower, then you are going to be not frustrated and not demoralized. Rather, you will be Um, you will just know that that was going to come if it doesn't turn out the way that you idealized it to be. At the same time, if it does turn out better than you set your expectations, you can, um, you know, have a, a, a greater happiness or a greater feeling of joy or whatever it may be in your life because that you didn't set your expectations too high and then something came. So, you know, some people might say this is more pessimistic and not optimistic. In other words, uh, hey, you've heard believe the best, believe the best. It's it's good to believe the best, you know, and to hope for the best. Um, So, you know, you want to kind of like do that, but at the same time, set your expectations in a more realistic way. And so if you have the time, I'd encourage you to go back to listen to uh, Lance talk about that a little bit more on that podcast. That's at mindforlife.org forward slash 022. That's the 22nd uh, podcast. So the focusing illusion is the same thing, right? We have the tendency at the beginning to misjudge the scale of impact, to make a, you know, to idealize the scale of impact that certain circumstances may have on our actual well-being. And here's what happens. Marketers exploit this. Marketers exploit this. By 
inducing the public to believe that the must-have product, be it a car or this diet or this whatever it may be, whatever the must-have, this new air conditioning system or a new roof on your house or new siding or new, uh, maybe you need a new guitar, you want a new musical instrument or you need a new phone or a new set of AirPods or that new piece of technology, um, they exploit that focusing illusion and they will say that this product will, quote, change your life. Right. You've heard that before. This will change your life. You can see it on the Internet all the time. Um, you know, I may be guilty of it on this Web page as well, saying that, you know, our our courses or the articles that we give will change your life. And that's true, you know, because any new knowledge that we get will change our life. You know, your, your life is changed as new knowledge comes in, depending on what you do with that new knowledge, be it you learn something new about self-reflection or you learn something new about yourself or you learn something new about perceiving the world around you. <clears throat> Hopefully, this podcast, when we're talking about the focusing illusion, will change your life in the sense that it will help you to start to look at what you're thinking about when you look at certain things and that you're not idealizing things or that you're not misjudging the scale of impact that something may or may not have on your life. So some examples, um, leather car seats. Right, you watch the commercial, and the marketer will, will put the thing out there, and the camera will come flying over and go down that really, you know, that um, hand stitched leather along the car seat or whatever, and things like air conditioning in the seat or heated seats. And, you know, it makes it look like, you know, the celebrity comes out with the tuxedo on in the luxury vehicle. And it, they give you the illusion that if you just have that car seat, that your life is going to live in that fairy tale and that you're going to be that celebrity. And that, you know, so it's very. You know, that's just kind of the way those stories work with us human beings. And at some point, we'll maybe talk about narrative theory and how that stuff works. Uh, but, you know, that's the whole point of marketing, right, is to create a story, to create an illusion that makes you believe that when you buy that product, it's going to put you into that story. It's going to put you into that life. And we do that. We, you know, we put ourselves into the into the role of the hero be it the celebrity in the car commercial or be it the superhero in the movie whatever it may be that's just what we do uh and that's kind of like playing on this focusing illusion that if we have that car seat or if we get uh that type of a thing then it's going to really drastically impact the quality of our life when in reality if you have leather seats in your car Ask yourself the question, how much has this really altered or affected the quality of my life? And you might say, well, I love sitting on leather seats. Me too, right? But what is the scale of impact that great? Uh, because once we get leather seats for a period of time, you know, for the first couple of weeks, it's nice. But after a period of time, 
the leather seats recedes from our memory, recedes from our awareness, and we just sit down in the car and drive to wherever we're going. Uh, when it gets cold, it's nice to have the thing to turn on when it heats the seats. Uh, but of course, we all know that we could pretty much live without heated seats. We could pretty much live without leather seats. We don't need them. It's a luxury item. The focusing illusion is what allows marketers to sell that to us and then to be able to upgrade those cars and to be able to sell those cars and to create this illusion of celebrity or whatever it may be. Um, Politicians use this as well. Politicians will exaggerate the impact of their policies and what that impact will have on the well-being of the population. So it is, of course, in the politician's best interest when they're campaigning to get out there and say, this policy will X, whatever it may be. This policy will reduce the burden on the climate by X percent. This policy will increase jobs by X percent. This policy will... Um, reduce unemployment by X percent. This policy is the greatest policy in the history of our country, and it will do whatever. Um, the almost, I would say, diabolical thing about politicians, and I don't want to, you know, disparage any particular party because they all do it, both sides. But th- they will take things that are prominent in the um, the culture at the time and exploit them to be able to push through policies that have other <laughs> have other effects that are not being uh, addressed um, at the time. And so, you know, when there is a big, for example, when there's a big push for health care, when a big story comes out about the lack of veteran care or something like that, politicians will craft the policy and they will uh, utilize the ve- the veterans, you know, use the veterans and the veterans plight and the fact that the veterans are not being taken care of. And what kind of a nation are we that we don't take care of our veterans, the people, and they'll use the veterans to push through legislation that has all these other things attached to it and maybe a little bit for the veterans. And and ultimately, the focusing illusion will allow politicians to say, this is greatly going to affect how our veterans are treated. And then maybe it does and maybe it doesn't. But there's other effects and impacts that go on uh, as well that, of course, we're not aware of. We should know this has been happening throughout history and throughout, you know, every government does it. Every politician does it. Every person does it. That's the nature of persuasion, right? If you have studied rhetoric at all, rhetoric is basically persuasive communication and Aristotle's definition of rhetoric is using all of the available means of persuasion, using all of the available means of persuasion. Um, And so that's what we do as human beings. Uh, When I was in my doctoral program, my, my PhD is in rhetoric, by the way, uh, when I was in the PhD program, there was a debate <clears throat> in our classes, and the debate centered around whether or not some things are rhetoric, or whether or not 
everything is rhetoric. Um, whether or not some things are persuasive communication or whether or not everything is persuasive. And ask yourself this question, how much of your life is persuading something, somebody towards something? When you're at work, how much of your life is persuading your boss or your coworkers that this is the right way to go? Uh, how much of your organization's goals are persuading, be it the public, to buy your product um, or the competition to do this or to do that? How much of your personal relationships are about persuading someone uh, to accomplish your own agenda? Or where are we going to go to the movies tonight? Or who's going to make dinner? Or who's going to clean up the dishes? You know, that's all about persuasion. And we, it, we engage in these language games, right, where we are playing a persuasion game um, back and forth. And so um, politicians do it. We all do it. It's part of the nature of humanity that we persuade and we try to persuade and we try to get our way. And sometimes we will give up our own agenda because we think that down the road we're going to we will get our way in some other area. Um, but the focusing illusion is what allows politicians to exaggerate the impact of their policies and what that impact will have on the population at large. So, you know, someone will say something and then they will say, well, this policy will do this. Uh, here's one uh, to, that is just right now in the in the common discussion as a result of these mass shootings, which have been just horrific. Um, but the Democrats are saying that gun, new gun legislation will drastically reduce these mass shootings. And so their agenda is to push through more greater gun legislation and, and convince the public that the legislation that they push forward will reduce these shootings and will reduce the casualties. Um, and it may or may not be the case. Okay, so it may, it may be the case that gun control legislation will affect uh, and prevent these mass shootings from taking place. And uh, we want to do whatever we can to prevent these mass shootings from taking place, of course. The Republicans are saying, we already have the gun legislation, and we have laws on the books that did not prevent these things from happening. Um, and their goal, you know, their their agenda is just to kind of like um, dispel the argument of the Democrats by, you know, putting up their own arguments that say, oh, no, this will never take place. Uh, you're not going to correct it. You know, there needs to be different measures. And, you know, maybe they're beholden to the National Rifle Association and the lobbyists and all of the political po powers that are behind the scenes uh, moving those politicians one way or another. We don't know. <laughs> the answer is we don't know what gun legislation or what policies will do. The focusing illusion shows us that it is in the best interest and in the mindset of, per, of politicians to greatly exaggerate 
the impact that their policies will have in order to get those policies through. Will there be other things attached to gun legislation policies about maybe funding a bridge in uh, North Dakota or something like that? That happens. Um, I, I would hope that our government and our our leaders would be able to address issues as best as they can. But we've got to remember that there's no government in the world that's going to fix the human condition Um there's policies and laws and things that we can enact to kind of prevent and do a better job of it, but there's nothing that's going to fix it for sure. The focusing illusion, however, is when the politicians exaggerate their policies and the effect their policies are going to have on the well-being of the population. So when the president comes out and says, let's do something, my God, let's do something, whatever the quote that he said was, you know, uh, he is, of course, rightly distraught and disturbed about these shootings that are taking place in our country. And he's speaking passionately about that. Um, So whether or not, I'm not going to make a judgment on whether or not President Biden's speech on gun control as a result of these mass shootings is disingenuous. I would hope it is genuine and that he's speaking out of passion for let's protect our people. Um, but whether or not you, you, if you speak persuasively and your your persuasion is intended to push through your own policies on whatever it may be and then exaggerate what the impact of those policies is going to be, because guess what? 25 years ago, they used the same techniques to push through the gun legislation that we have now. That this is that our gun, think about this, the laws that we currently have on the books when it comes to gun control, whenever they were enacted 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, they exaggerated the effect that those policies and those policies that we currently have were intended to do what? To stop mass shootings, (laughs) right? So they're now on the books and they haven't stopped mass shootings. Or maybe they have. Maybe there would be more if the policies that we currently have on the books were not there. Um, That's and that's the other side of it is that after the fact, it's in the politicians' best interest to come out and to then exaggerate or show what the actual effect of their policies has been. And then again, you go back into this back and forth debate on well, whose facts are right, you know, and can we speculate about how many uh, mass shootings were prevented because of the gun control policies that we have? That's something else that we'll talk about probably in the next podcast, which is the problem of quantification, Um, how difficult it is to quantify results on very subjective uh, and extremely complex systems. Back to the focusing illusion, however, The point of this is to say, understand what's going on. Understand what's going on. Understand the nature of human perception. Understand IFD disease. Understand that we all have that tendency to misjudge the scale of impact that certain circumstances may have on our life. And that can be to the good or to the bad. If a loved one dies, if we have a loved one that dies, we may just think that that is going to devastate us and our life is going to, you know, and in the moment, our emotions are involved in that situation. We've lost someone close to us. But if you've lost someone close to you, you know that your life is affected and life changes. But over time, 
as time goes by, you recover and you heal and you learn to live with some of those things. And some of those people are devastated and they may misjudge that. They may think, oh, I'm going to be okay, but they are devastated and they're, they do seep into, uh, slip into a deeper depression. We may, we may misjudge a pay raise. Like if I could just get this much more in a paycheck, then my life is going to be changed or whatever. If I could just make a million dollars, well, ask someone who's made a million dollars and they'll tell you, well, it's now just if I could make $2 million, you know, uh, we misjudge the scale of impact of those things. Um, or you may say, a ah, million dollars is not that much. It's not going to change my life. In fact, when it would, you know, change your life. Um, another example that people will use is put, put and I talked a little bit about this, and to put tech, more technology in the classroom. More technology in the classroom. If we get more computers in the classroom, we're going to have better education. Okay, uh, that's been used to sell uh, technological initiatives and schools use those things to persuade people that their school is better. Our education system, our school is better than, than XYZ school down the street because we've got more computers or our school's better because we've got projectors in every class and our teachers, instead of using chalk and a chalkboard, can now put it up on a projector with a PowerPoint screen or, you know, and so does it? Does more computers, does more screen time result in a better education for your student? Again, that's a question of what is a better education? And everybody's got a different perspective on that. What's a good education? I've heard somebody say, well, you know, um, there's a um, two new schools opening up in our local area and they are classical schools and the classical school people will say a classical school education is is a better education i just was watching the video but classical school education that that's going back to what education was originally intended to be the great books the great conversations the seven original liberal liberal arts um, that's what we need to be teaching our kids maybe maybe it is um but you know there again they're using the classic uh the focusing illusion to convince you that if you have your student in a classical school that it's going to be better than the other school and it's a matter of perception there's a matter matter of opinion and it's a matter of priority that's your own individual priority whether or not a classical education is going to be good for your student it may be or whether or not a STEM education is going to be better for your student. It may be. It's just dependent upon your student. Um, you know, a classical education teaches great things. The great books are great. The great conversations are wonderful. Everybody should read them. Everybody should participate in them. STEM is great as well. People should be involved in that. Your students should do that until they figure out what their passions are going to be. So, um, again, technology is going to make a, a better education. Again, th that's a pattern that goes to the problem of quantification, which we'll talk in the, in, in the next podcast about what is a great education? How do you measure that? 
That's a difficult thing to do. Um, healthcare reform will make a difference in the lives of people. Hell, we need healthcare reform. We need healthcare reform. If you just reform healthcare, maybe in aggregate, we can see that the, the healthcare costs go down by $20 million if the healthcare policies are enacted. And we would go, wow, what a difference. You know, if this policy, healthcare costs are going to go down by $20 million every year. Well, divide that by 330 million people. Okay, so for for that, it looks like a huge thing, but maybe it's a dollar a year for the average individual. You know, five bucks a year if you go to a uh, hundred million. You know, three bucks a year if you're at a hundred million dollars in reduced costs. So, you know, politicians are. Um, it's in their interest to make it look like their policies are going to be good. And when you look at those policies in aggregate, in total, across the entire population, wow, $100 million, that's great. But for us, uh, does three bucks really make a difference in our quality of health care every year? Does five bucks, does 10 bucks every year, does, does $2 a month, does $10 a month, take $10 a month, you know, that's, $10 a month, $120 a year, multiply that by 330 million. What is that? Something, you know, 10 billion, something like that. Even a $10 billion increase or a $10 billion savings looks great. But for us average individuals, it's less than a Starbucks a week. But the focusing illusion gives us the ability and the tendency to misjudge that and go, wow, they're going to do a $10 billion project here. Imagine what that's going to do to healthcare. Well, really it's a Starbucks a week, less than, or a Coke a day or something like that. So, um, that is the focusing illusion. And I guess the point of this is to be able to say at the end of the day, temper your expectations and recognize what's going on when a politician or a company or an organization or a boss or whomever comes out and makes a promise. If we just do this in our company, our profits are going to go up. Or if we just do this, if we enact this policy, it's going to change the way we do business. Or if you will just do this in your uh, with your team, it's going to make it so much more efficient. Let's impact, let's Let's uh, implement Robert's rules of order, for example, right into your team, you know, and just then you start to think, oh, wow, this is really going to make our team. But do those policies and do those techniques and do whatever it is they're promising actually really affect human behavior and actually really make a significant difference. And maybe they do. Maybe they do. And maybe they will. And hopefully they do. And hopefully they will. The point of the podcast and the point of this topic is to be able to say, recognize that at the beginning. When something's being promised, when uh, a circumstance or when you find yourself thinking about what could be or what should be or what will be either for the good or for the bad, because human beings, we are resilient, right? We think, oh, I lost this job. My life is destroyed. No, no. You will survive and you will get back up on your feet. Human beings are resilient. You know, we may think that my life is over because this person, our, our, our relationship ended. I'm destroyed for life. 
you will be hurt, but human beings are resilient. You know, just look on um, the TikToks or the Instagrams or whatever, and you'll see people telling their stories. Go out and get the book, and you'll see the stories of tragedy that turned into triumph. You know, we were able to survive. You're able to be strong enough to get over those things. Uh, so recognize at the beginning, because sometimes... The focusing illusion can hurt you even worse when you think that, when you think that it's going to destroy you. That can prevent you from being able to get back up on your feet and overcome because your perceptions in the beginning about how terrible your life's going to be, you know, there's a time to mourn and of course there's a time to grieve over certain things, but don't allow the focusing illusion to prevent you from getting back up on your feet and moving forward in your life. So it works on the positive side, but it also works on the negative side. If you allow it to distract you and allow it to prevent you from really getting back up and overcoming those challenges and those obstacles. And here's just a little nugget thrown in for free uh, at the end. You know, we um, we have a tendency to, through the focusing illusion, overemphasize the impact of negative circumstances. And we think that the negative circumstances in our lives are, are going to destroy us. And here's what happens as parents. We start to think that the negatives, we, we overemphasize the effect of negative circumstances and challenges and obstacles in the lives of our kids. And so what do we do? We try to do everything possible to prevent our kids and our children from having to deal with and go through negative circumstances. When our kid gets a bad grade, we're in there talking to the teacher. What did they do wrong? What did they do? What did you do? We got to get this fixed. When they don't get to play on a sports team, when they get cut or whatever, when they don't get the solo in the in the in the in the choir song, or they don't get the star um, part in the musical, or when they're you know benched or whatever, or when their friend does this or that to them, and they're they're diff- going through when their girlfriend or boyfriend breaks up with them, you know we try to prevent that. We we try to prevent them from having to go through nerd, and it's and it's out of a great heart, right? We want our kids, we want our kids to have a great life. We want them to be happy. Um, but if and this is a this is a, a a theory of mine. It's not proven. I haven't done any research on it, but. Most often when you go back and talk to people about the most difficult and challenging times in their life, and if they had the opportunity to go back and change those and remove those difficult things from their life, the hardest times, think about some of the hardest times you've been through in your life, the difficult roads that you've had to walk. On the other side of it now, would you go back and change those things? Would you take those things out of your life? I know when I look back on the difficult the difficult challenges and the roads that I've had to walk and, you know, I can say right now I would not go back and change those things because those difficulties and those obstacles and those challenges are what made me stronger and what helped me to grow. If, if we're honest, those circumstances in our life are what helped us to grow the most, because that's where uh, the human being grows. 
we grow through challenges. There's a book by a gentleman called Nassim Nicholas Taleb, and the book is called Anti-Fragile. I encourage you to read it. I'll link it on the this website, mindforlife.org forward slash 063. Anti-fragile. Um, what that means is that system, anti-fragile is a description for systems that get better through challenges. They repair themselves, they get stronger. And the human being is anti-fragile in the sense that it is a system that when it encounters obstacles and challenges, it doesn't get destroyed, but it becomes stronger. It gets better. We grow through challenges. We get stronger. We get more mature. We get we get more wise from the challenges that we go through. And so if we would say for ourselves, I would never go back and change those difficult times in our lives. I would never change that because that's where I grew the most. Yet what we are doing when we try to prevent and stop our children from going through difficult things in their life is we're taking away the opportunity for them to grow and them to learn and then to become more wise and become stronger in their life. We take that away from them and we prevent them from getting stronger and wiser and more mature. And of course, there's a balance, right? You're not, you're not going to um, throw your, take your, take your child and just say, Hey, I'm dumping you off in the middle of Chicago here for the night. Good luck. Get through it. And it's going to make you stronger. You know, of course there's wisdom and stuff like that, but, uh, and that's tough sometimes to balance that. So, um, but, but don't allow that focusing illusion to prevent you from getting stronger. Don't, don't get to, don't misjudge the effect that a circumstance will have on you in your life for the positive or for the negative. On the negative, it prevents you from getting up and getting going again. On the positive, it causes you to get into this IFD, idealization, frustration, and demoralization situation. And so have more wisdom when you are expecting certain things. Check your expectations be more realistic about what's going to happen. Understand what's happening when people are making promises. Understand that there's a lot of things that you're not going to be able to measure, whatever the impact may or may not be. So don't necessarily think that the impact is going to be life-changing. Um, have some more realistic ideas about what's actually going on and recognize these things when they are being presented to you again, either by a politician or by a boss or by a colleague or by a television commercial. Well, thank you for tuning in and for listening to this podcast. Um, appreciate it. If you've got some different perspectives or some insight into this, um, um, please uh, send me an email, jeff at mindforlife.org. If you've got questions, if you've got some science behind this, you know, if you are a person who just loves the research and is reading studies and everything like that uh, about some of these things of human perception and all of that, please forward that to me. I love those things. I love to read them, love to share them with our community. Uh, again, if you're looking for a resource on uh, how to have a difficult conversation, uh, you can check out this webpage, 
mindforlife.org forward slash 063. There'll be a link there for you to be able to click on and download that email. And then if that's something that you're struggling with is just being more assertive, I'd encourage you to take a look at our article. You can look at it under blog or do a search. It's just called A Nice Person's Guide to Becoming More Assertive. So thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in today. And we will talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.